Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Today's Song of the Soul guest goes by several names. His full name is Dr. John David Van Dyke, which is remarkably like that of his father and co-performer's name. And though to some he's Dave DVD, or Dr. Dave, to me he's simply David Van Dyke, and he's part of the Van Dyke Review, except when it's just him and his dad, in which case they're the backsliders. Given that he's some 20 years younger than I am, I'm pleased to find that the classic rock of my coming of age is also central to David's heart, and that Americana is not far off. There's a lot of creativity and thought in his lyrics, but you could hardly expect less from a middle school science teacher, and maybe science teachers are also supposed to have prowess with instruments, but Dave will wow you with his gift on musical instruments. David Van Dyke joins us via Skype from Buchanan, Michigan. Thank you so much, David, for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Teaching is pays a lot of bills, I'm sure, and music making takes a significant amount of your talent. Which one would you rather do full-time if you had your choice? If I had my choice, I'd probably do music full-time. It's just, it's very risky. You know, I have a wife and a son and a mortgage, but I would probably do music full-time, but I love teaching too. When did you get into music and when did you get into your science teaching? When I was about 13 years old, I really liked Michael Jackson. It's about 1984, right around there. And my dad got me a Greatest Hits Beatles cassette, and I didn't listen to it. He got it for me for Christmas. I didn't listen to it. I didn't think much about it until I was bored, bored over winter break, and put it in a cassette player and listened to it. And I found that I couldn't listen to anything else. <laughs> I wasn't able to listen to anything else, and like millions of other American boys, I wanted a guitar. And I started playing guitar before that. I, I borrowed one. And for my 15th birthday, I wanted a guitar. I finally got it. I got something called a Guild D250 from a pawn shop. My dad picked it out for me. We didn't have a whole lot of money when we were growing up, so I got it a couple months after my actual birthday, and I just loved it, and I played guitar ever since. I took it with me to college, and it's been a long, long time, and I actually, I listened to the Beatles this morning, believe it or not, and it's been a long time, and, and I've taken my guitar with me everywhere I've gone. Well, you're significantly younger than me. I turned 13, 14 in 68. And so I was contemporaneous with the Beatles. Does this make you old fashioned? I think so. I don't really listen to, I don't, I haven't listened to top 40 radio in gosh, at least 30 years or so. I like classic rock. I think I am old-fashioned. I like the way that it sounds, and the Van Dyke Review is certainly more of an oldies band than anything else. An oldies band and your original music. How much is your creativity and your new songs in the band? 
Well, it depends on where we're playing and what the venue is. I've done shows that are all original with just my own stuff. And then when I'm playing with my just my dad, we call ourselves the Backsliders, and I always do two or three original songs. When we're playing with the band and we're paid to play in front of a bunch of people, I might do one or two, and that's about it. Just depends on the audience. And what's your favorite audience? I will say this. I'd rather have a small and enthusiastic crowd than a large, bored one. Some of the best gigs I've ever played are late night in bars in New Buffalo. We played one at a winery where there were quite a few thousand people who really got into it, and I liked that quite a bit. My favorite audience is one that's engaged. I stopped counting heads a long time ago. So do you ever combine your music and your teaching? For instance, there was a program that used to be at University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee called the Science Bag, and different teachers from the science departments would, for four Fridays, do the same two-hour program, kind of public lecture, if you will. But there was one about vibration. Robert Greenler, who was the physics teacher leading it, amongst other things, he got little bowls of water filled different ways, and he played Moon River. Oh, that's wonderful. So do you ever incorporate those two, your music and your science teaching? I incorporate it all the time. I haven't gotten around to recording them yet, but I have a whole bunch of children's learning songs. And I do, if you hit our website, I know I'm playing at least one children's show. And at least two-thirds of that show is is original songs. I, I started at a camp uh, when I was about 15. I started at this camp where I actually met my wife and the best man at our wedding. Got tired of singing You Are My Sunshine all the time, so I wrote a bunch of children's learning songs, and I, I have quite a few of them. My favorite of them is actually called The Fire Safety Song, and my son, when he was little, he was obsessed with fire trucks and fire safety, so I took his lyrics, like he would put tests together, should you play with matches, should you play with chemicals, and I put it around a song, it's a, a sing-along song, and if you go online, you can find it if you look up The Fire Safety Song. Yeah, but give us a sample. We want to hear just a, a, a verse or a chorus or something. Well, you got to wait. Let me grab a guitar real quick. This is actually a guitar I've had for quite a while. It did belong to my uncle, but no longer. Should you play with matches? No, that's why we keep them out of reach. Should you Play with chemicals. No, stay away from ammonia and the bleach. Sha la la, sha la 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 la. Sha la la, sha la la la. Sha la la, sha la 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 la. Sha la la, sha la la la. Excellent, excellent. I'm not sure that the quality comes through over Skype here fully, but the rest of the music we'll be sharing today, folks, will actually be from studio recordings, as opposed to trying to convey the grandeur of David Van Dyke's music over Skype. The website where you're going to find John David Van Dyke, David Van Dyke will call him because his dad has the same name is vandykereview.org and let's get right into your song of the soul what do you want to share as your first song so i was asked by my music publicist to pick a handful of songs it was hard i'll say first of all it was hard to go through them first one i wanted to talk about was see about me this is one of my many weird songs but i i actually went to a private christian college in mishawaka indiana 
I'm a science teacher. So at this private Christian college, they were biblical fundamentalists. And I, I think they still are. They made the national news a couple of years ago for kicking out a professor for teaching evolution. My dissertation was on American creationism. So this song's about fundamentalism. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I just thought, I started writing it in college and just kind of developed it over there. But if you if you listen to it and you know your biblical history, you'll have all these uh these weird questions like, did Adam have a belly button? Did Cain marry his sister? I don't know that there's a meaning behind it, but it's certainly, it's not really a love song. It's, it's a, hey, what about this song? It's about time we listen to it. I'm sure we'll develop some love for you and your music by listening to See About Me by David Van Dyke. When you wake up in the morning, wake up late at night. Put on those dark sunglasses But nothing seems to come out right Oh, but don't you worry Come see about me No, but don't you worry Come see about me How in the world can eight people Run the world's largest zoo And just what was Adam thinking Eve Just trying to get to you I don't know, but don't you worry Don't know, come see about me No, but don't you worry Come see about me
Come see about me Don't you worry No, no, no Come see about me David Van Dyke is here today for Song of the Soul. That's his song, See About Me. He is part of the Van Dyke Review, and that album is the Van Dyke Review. You said, David, that it was about kind of questions that go around in fundamentalist circles. Now, are you saying that at the time that was a place where you kind of fit in, but that that got left behind, or how does that work? I wouldn't say that I ever really fit in. Don't get me wrong. I still have good friends that are there, and I have I have good friends of all faiths and no faiths. So I don't want to disparage fundamentalists, and I, I certainly don't want to get into religion, but I do think there are better ways to express one's faith than to attack things like evolution. And do you have a practice? Did you grow up on the fundamentalist end of the spectrum? How did that go in your life? Well, not really. I, I didn't. My parents met at Bethel, and my mom signed me up there, and I, I liked it. I don't disparage the school, and I, I chose to stay there. But that was just, I, I had a professor that, that I was at odds with about that. And that song is kind of a dig at him as well. The Discovery Institute had a, they pulled a publicity stunt where they had professors who found Darwinism troubling or something like that. And he was a signatory of it. And that inflamed me enough to finish the song. <laughs> kind of a dig at him as well. Take your inspiration where it can come from. And, and I did notice and like the questions in there. The Adam belly button is like, yeah, if every other kid comes out of the womb, hmm, tough questions. I, and I think the whole point was, don't you really worry about it? it does, it's not that big a deal, but there are people that seem to be caught up in it. And the come see about me is look at me, not these questions. I mean, is that the... Yeah, it's as if God was speaking to the listener. Don't worry about it. It's not that big a deal. Well, let's keep diving right in. There's lots of music to deal with. How many recordings, by the way, do you have? Recordings? Oh, 40 maybe. I've got a couple albums plus some tracks that I haven't released. I have many, many songs that I haven't gone to the studio with, but there are about 40, but three albums worth maybe. And that's been limited by the fact, again, that you're doing teaching and working in schools for how many years now? I'm just finishing my 19th year this spring. Well, let's find some more of your music. What's next for Song of the Soul? Okay, so then I'd like to talk about What Could We Be, which is a song that people have liked for many years. I wrote this when I was 19 years old. It actually started as a children's song, and it only had three chords to it, C, F, and G, but then I... My dad, of all people, I, there's a key change in it, and it's got some different chords in it that I kind of like quite a bit. I did a recording with the Van Dyke Review. We were uh, a woman that was singing with us sang it once, and I didn't really care for her rendition, so I kept it quiet. But then the band re-recorded it later. Somewhere in cyberspace, if you look on YouTube, I had a bunch of kids singing it. I taught them the lyrics, and they all sang with me. It started off as a children's song, but people seem to like it quite a bit. And sometimes when I'll play in front of kids, I'll give it away. I, I have it on CD and I'll, I'll give it away to them and say, hey, I think you'll like this. When I was listening to it the first time, it actually echoed for me something that we I'm part of a Quaker meeting here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We have each October, right around Halloween, 
we have a kind of retreat and we sing songs, we carve pumpkins, that kind of thing. So we sing a song that's by Bruce O'Brien, who's been part of our Quaker meeting. Halloween, oh, Halloween, oh, be a monster, so mean, oh, be a gypsy. So, and you be whatever you want to be. So it's actually the same message in a different way. And it was on a children's album that he put out. So I think there's great minds working across state lines. I think that's wonderful. Let's dive into second song for David Van Dyke here today for Song of the Soul, What We Could Be. That song is also from the album The Van Dyke Review. David Van Dyke is here today for Song of the Soul, What We Could Be. And again, it's got that children's tinge over it. Though 
A lot of your music, I guess here's here's what I'd say. Sometimes children's music is I don't want to say childish. It's it's simple and reduced, and yet I have a feeling from a lot of your music that it's kind of a marriage of more advanced or harder. I maybe you can tell me what I'm trying to say. It's like the music exceeds the complexity of the audience. I think that's a fair observation. It just started as a children's song, and it developed beyond that. I, I envisioned it when I first started playing with children's making motions and pretending to be space cadets and dancers and things like that, because a lot of children's songs have, like Wheels on the Bus, have that going. I'd love to re-record that song and mix it like with a banjo and make it more Americana, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Well, that's kind of interesting, Americana. In some ways, Americana, or at least the folk variant, kind of precedes, leads into the Beatles' time, where you connected up in the 1980s. Do you have particular variants and styles of music that you like better, or is it just all of it's good? No, it's not not all of it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, if I have to pin it down, because people have asked me that, I like 60s soul, I like Van Morrison, I like the British Invasion. Some new stuff, I'm, there's actually a children's artist named Dan Zane that I, I enjoy listening to, and there are a couple of Ed Sheeran songs that I think are pretty good. There's a movement now amongst owners where they just, there's like a folkish revival where they just want acoustic music where people sit and listen to it and not rock and roll. And if you, you'll see how true that is if you look on our website and look at our schedule, you'll see uh, when I play with my dad, we just call ourselves the backsliders with just two guitars because that's what owners want nowadays. And are you a true backslider or you and your dad are really backsliders? So is this referred to your moral? Yeah, you know, you're the first person that ever came. I think you might be the first or second person that knew where that came from. You know, you'll have to ask John E. Van Dyke about that because he liked that name so much that we added it to our, our acts. You'll, you'll have to ask him. I like it because it sounds like a music reference, but you're going to have to ask him because he's the one that adopted that name. Okay, I'll do that. But in the meantime, I think we, while I call him up, maybe I should get you playing another song. What's next? So this is called We May Be Simple. I don't do feelings very well when I write. I just don't do them very well. But I had a very surreal experience. I was in the woods real late at night with some college friends. And I don't know if we were drinking or what we were doing, but we were in the woods late at night. We're sitting on this blanket. I had my guitar and like this thunderstorm started happening. And I had this riff that went from GFCG, right? Da-na-na-na-na-na-na. I had the riff that did that, and I just asked these guys for some lyrics to throw together. And I, I really liked sitting on the blanket with the breeze blown by, hands clasped, eyes up to the sky. We're just sitting there. It's just these guys. You know what I mean? We're, we're all far away from home, and the, the sky is on fire. So I, I wrote this song, and I played it with a band that I was with in college, and then I kind of just set it aside. I put it on the shelf. Then when the Van Dyke Review had gotten together for a few years, we decided to do a recording. And I thought, well, you know, here, I'll add some lyrics about my wife, Dawn. I think other than a couple of throwaway lines elsewhere, that's the only song I've ever written that directly addresses her. You know that song, Don't Let Me Down, I'm in Love for the First Time, Don't You Know It's Gonna Last? It's a love that lasts forever and has a love that has no past. That's what I was thinking when I wrote those lyrics about Dawn. And what you were feeling. And now we've heard feelings from David Van Dyke, and it comes out in his song, We May Be Simple. 
on his album, The Van Dyke Review. Here today for Song of the Soul, We May Be Simple. Simple is by David Van Dyke, website vandykereview.org. How big is the full band? The full band is four-piece. It's a four-piece band. We have a drummer, Bo Martin. We have a bass player, Jerry Crow. Jerry sometimes plays guitar, too, and sings. Dad plays the organ, piano, guitar. He sings. Sometimes he plays violin. I play electric guitar, acoustic guitar, harmonica, tambourine, and I sing. The band is just just logistical. It's a lot of work. We've been down to three members at one point. At one point, we had six. We had two women that sang back up for us. We're pretty happy with the lineup that we've had for this long. Folks, I do want to remind you that you are listening to Song of the Soul, Northern Spirit Radio production website, northernspiritradio.org. O-R-G. You'll find there all of our programs since 2005 when we started out. That makes 13, closing in on 14 years. All kinds of wonderful guests and links to them. So if you wanted to track down David Van Dyke and you couldn't remember how to spell vandykereview.org, you can come by our site. All kinds of links, information stations across the nation where we're broadcast. Our programs are carried on some 37 stations nationwide, and we're adding more every month or so. So please join us on that site and post a comment when you visit. Two-way communication is the best, so give us your insights, your advice, your leads, people we should be talking to wherever you're hearing us from. There's also a donate button. 
This program is funded completely by listener donations. So please click donate when you come and support this full-time work. First, remember to support your local community radio stations. There's wonderful small radio stations not owned by Clear Channel and the big networks that bring you a slice of music and news that you get nowhere else. So please start out by supporting them. And make sure you pick up some of the recordings. There's two out there that you can get from David Van Dyke and his father and uh, the band that they play with. And the last song we heard was We May Be Simple. I was really interested, by the way, David, that you said you don't really do feelings very well when you're writing. Is that because you're a science teacher? I don't know. I took a one of those personality tests that they give you in college and it said I was concrete random. I, I think that's the case. I just don't write about what I'm feeling very well. I'm pretty sure that that's actually helpful when you're in the seventh grade classroom with science, teaching people to discern between what they feel and what they see, measure, and experience in the world can be a tough thing to do for some people. They can't remove their eyes from one to the other. Yes. Well, give us another song, David. So I wanted to talk about Take Us Home. In the 2008 primaries, remember what an electrifying election that was. So I I live in Michigan, and the Democrats and somehow President Obama and Senator Clinton were neck and neck. And for the first time, they were campaigning all over my area. And then for some reason, I found out Michigan's primary votes had been thrown out. So my vote didn't count. My vote didn't count, and I was just very, very frustrated about it. And our drummer at the time was a big Ron Paul fan, and I, I'm not. I'm not a libertarian. I did, I'm a public school teacher, so I, I think libertarianism is kind of foolish. He asked me to write a campaign song for Ron Paul, and I just wasn't thinking very much about it. So I, I wrote this song, and he, he went nuts with it. He promoted it and sent it to the Paul campaign, and I... The only reason I voted for Ron Paul is because I couldn't vote for any of the Democrats. Ron Paul was the only one that was against the Iraq war. Anyway, so what I really like about this song is it's got some nice slide work on it. I play my old Guild D250 that I've had for a long time, and I tuned it to Open G. I tuned it to Open G, and the whole song is just one repeating chord. down, 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 down. down. I just like that quite a bit. It's kind of my only attempt at a political song. I liked uh, Fortunate Son, and I we're not a political band, and I'm not a political artist at all, but this was my one attempt at it. It's a good attempt, and it seems obvious to me that as a backslider, you'd like the sliding part. <laughs> yeah, I do like the sliding part. I think you're the only person I've ever done an interview that knows what backslider means. You can go ahead and ask your local minister what backslider means. <laughs> Here it is, Take Us Home, also for Dr. Ron. It's by David Van Dyke in the Van Dyke Review. Ain't going to San Francisco Ain't going to Ohio If you ain't got no money Yo, kicked off this rodeo Take us home Take us home Bonnie's on the floor with Jackson And John's still in center field You ain't no horse rider You're 
just a windshield Take us home, take us home Ron don't love your mama And Ron sure ain't your paw Ron don't buy your book Ron's your tragic fall Take us home, take us home Looking for Christmas Ain't no fountain of youth Don't need no salvation Just give me some truth Take us home, take us home Ready for the slow train to come Ready for the judgment day Ready for January Ready for you to go away Take us home Take us home Go back to your constitution Go back to the church of Rome Abandon no hope to enter Cause the doctor's gonna take us home Take us home Take us home, take us home, take us home. I too am a fan of Creedence Clearwater Revival and uh, a little bit of them got evoked there in that song, Take Us Home. For Dr. Ron by the Van Dyke Review, David Van Dyke here today for Song of the Soul. Our website, northernspiritradio.org, his vandykereview.org. I feel like I should say something else about that. I would actually never want Ron Paul to be president of the United States. He just happened to be the subject at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wouldn't want someone that doesn't believe in social services to be president of the United States. I just He just happened to be the topic at hand at that time. And once you put something on the Internet, it's there forever. So there's that anyway. But I, I, I like the way that that song sounds. I really like the boom. Kind of like George Thorogood, too. <laughs> and when you have the line in there, well, let me see. And actually, I don't know if I had to get beeped out or not. No, I can't say it. <laughs> Ron, don't buy your BS. Yeah, there's actually, <laughs> if you buy on the actual album, on the actual album, there are two versions. One is hidden where it actually has the BS word in it, and the other one is beeped out because but that's where it went. We're going to keep racing down the track here to your next song so that we get everything in. Next up is... 143 Means I Love You. Maybe I just didn't watch. I went and saw the movie recently, mm-hmm. right? The movie was amazing about Fred Rogers. But I still don't know what 143 refers to. So 143 was the number that Fred Rogers was obsessed with. What it means is there's one letter for each word in his favorite sentence. One I, four, L-O-V-E, three, Y-O-U. When saying I love you, he just said 143, and that's where he kept his weight all his life. Fred Rogers means very, very much to me and my family. 
One reason is my uh, he was from Pennsylvania, and my dad's side of the family is all from Pennsylvania. And if you listen for his accent, they all sound like my relatives. But uh, he was also a Presbyterian minister, and my family are all you know from Scotland Presbyterians. And uh, something that I loved about Fred Rogers that he was an advocate for children with disabilities and for just lifting them up for who they were. My wife and I have a son that is disabled, and we don't like it when people talk down to him. We just treat him like a normal kid, because that's all he is. And Fred Rogers, early on, spoke with children with disabilities in the same way that he spoke with abled children, and I, I just think that was just wonderful. That's on the album A Decade of David and Goliath, which is a, kind of a Roots album I did uh, with Matt Thornton and some other musicians. It's gotten a lot of play. It's on local radio here, and, and people really have written it and liked it quite a bit. And now you will too, listener, as you hear 143 Means I Love You. It's from the recording A Decade of David and Goliath by Van Dyke Review. When I was a little bitty boy, I would come home after school And a man would tell me he loved me, and everything was cool Math made no sense to me, Jim was like hard labor But Mr. Rogers became my friend, and I became his neighbor Cause 143 means I love you And I love you each and every way won't you come on over here and be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor today? Mr. Rogers never ad-libbed, he always took the fall. He played piano like Nat King Cole and he lived just like St. Paul. Mr. Rogers knew Jesus, got his minister's degree And when he started preaching, he was preaching just to me Cause 143 means I love you And I love you each and every way Won't you come over here and be my neighbor Won't you be my neighbor today was a Dartmouth dropout, but he laid it out for his kids. And once he met my cousin, and he checked out her new digs. In every way he was colorblind, he did not castigate. Said God loves you just the way you are, anyhow at any rate. Cause 143 means I love you. And I love you each and every way. Won't you come on over here and be my neighbor Won't you be my neighbor today Every time he put on a sweater He put on his inside shoes The train to the land of make-believe Would always take away my blues When I got a little older Eddie Murphy misspoke What was wrong with Mr. Rogers I thought I did not get the joke Cause 143 means I love you And I love you each and every way Won't you come on over here and be my neighbor Won't you be my neighbor today 
Come on over here and be my neighbor Won't you be my neighbor today? At the end he did an encore A final curtain call He said, don't you be afraid now Mr. Rogers loves us all I don't know about TV Don't know about showbiz But if there is a heaven I know where he is Cause 143 means I love you And I love you each and every way Won't you come on over here and be my neighbor Won't you be my neighbor today While you were listening to 143 means I love you. Dave Van Dyke corrected me. The first songs that we heard in speaking with David were all from Van Dyke Review. This is from a decade of Dave and Goliath, and it's by Dave Van Dyke. So he's Dave, he's David, he even has other names that you really don't want to know because I don't want to confuse you. But again, Mr. Rogers, someone who really made a difference to so many people. The world is poor for his passing, but fortunately, we've got a lot of him recorded. Absolutely. Let's keep going. Another song right away. Oh, boy. Well, here's another favorite. This is called Evil Knievel Never Died. As people that know me well will tell you, I just go from one obsession to another. There's no rhyme or reason to what I get obsessed about. Right now, I'm reading every Stephen King novel I can find. But one of the ones that lasted the longest was on Evil Knievel. I read and watch and find everything I can get my hands on. I spent more time researching Evil Knievel than I did actually writing the song. And really the only difference between you and me and another guy and Evil Knievel was Evil Knievel was willing to get hurt very, very badly. (laughs) And he came at a time that only Evil Knievel could get famous at this time. Sports was around and he really did not know if he was going to make it he would like when he jumped over snake river they cut every single corner they could find it was the cheapest a low rent professional wrestling crowd and he really thought that he was going to die and a bunch of a lot of times he would jump and really thought that he was going to die about every fifth time he would crash and people would come i mean this is in the days before youtube of course people would come to watch him crash. They did that, and he capitalized on that. You know, when, when I was little, you'd hear about a car crash, and people would run and go see it. Well, Robert Craig Knievel, who, who was just not a good guy at all, knew that people would pay to see that. So he capitalized on that, and he did it, man. And he, Just because I write about somebody doesn't mean I like them, and I don't want to say that Evil Knievel was a good guy, because he wasn't. But some that you cannot take away. The man had balls, okay? He had cojones bigger than I ever will. You have to give him that. Well, we'll give it to him, and we'll give him this song, a, a tribute, and it's it certainly got some nice sound to it here. That uh, The vocals I, I really enjoy on this one. Let me say, I was also listening to you know, the, the ballad of Davy Crockett. In a bar when he was only three, la, 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 la. I tried to get the guys to harmonize on that, to sound kind of like that. The violin on it is actually John Van Dyke, and there is a wonderful, it's not a banjo, it's called a banjitar, which by my buddy Matt Thornton, it's pretty cool. 
We've got all of that coming up in this song, Evil Knievel Never Died. It's by David Van Dyke on recording A Decade of David and Goliath. Evil Knievel was a daredevil who rode a motorcycle in the sky, put a helmet on his head, and everybody said that Evil Knievel never died. Evil Knievel never died. Evil Knievel was a daredevil who rode a motorcycle in the sky, put a helmet on his head, and everybody said that Evil Knievel never died. Evil Knievel never died. Decade of David and Goliath Stories that were mostly a lie Wild turkey in his cane People said he's insane And evil Knievel never died Evil Knievel never died Tried to jump Snake River Canyon In a sky cycle that wouldn't fly well, he rode the X2 and he rode for me and you And Evil Knievel never died Evil Knievel never died A parachute popped engine failure Now we thought Evil was gonna fry but covers were a breeze back in the 70s And evil can evil never die No, evil can evil never die Evil finally died no 07 At his funeral there weren't a dry eye Matt McConaughey, you just a K And evil can evil never die Evil can evil never die Evil can evil never die I believe it's going to go care for Evil Knievel, but he certainly was his own legend in action. Well, if Bob Dylan can sing about John Wesley Harden, then I can sing about Evil Knievel. <laughs> Good point. Evil Knievel Never Died is from a decade of David and Goliath. And by the way, that CD, you're David, uh, who's Goliath? Well, it's Goliaths. It's plural, and it's just the album is a concept album. It's, you know, I told you that I can't write about feelings. So I wrote a not autobiographical, but biographical album where everybody in the album is from the 1970s. There's one about uh, D.B. Cooper, and there's one about Love Canal, and there's one about those people that crashed in the Andes and ate each other, and uh, Muhammad Ali. I can't explain it, but I'm, I'm unable to sit down and write about a song that expresses whatever I'm thinking. It's whatever I'm learning about. Except that, aren't we going to end with one in that direction? Yeah. This is called Swimsuit Barbie Doll. 
what I was doing is I was listening to the Everly Brothers and their wonderful Kentucky harmonies. You know, like, dream, 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 dream. I was listening to that, and I decided to write a song like that that went along with my theme in the 70s. And I was kind of flipping online for it, and I found Farrah Fawcett. And I like the way that her name lends itself to more than a few meanings. So my favorite line in that song is, My faucet, it went dry, and I lost my Barbie doll. With the song, you know, like all those Johnny Angel songs about car crashes and where oh where can my baby be? I lost her on a Saturday night to a train wreck. Or <laughs> supposed to be like that. There's also the line, and I fell in love with Dawn. And honestly, that's just because it, Dawn's name happens to rhyme with gone. If you look in my closet, you'll see my poster's not gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way that Don got into that song. Well, I think it's the only. I think it's the only song I've ever recorded that actually has her name in it. It's nice to know that Don is even better, though, than Vera Fawcett was. Yeah. Well, Vera <laughs> Fawcett was before my time. Her sex symbol status didn't uh, didn't carry into the eighties. No, it didn't. <laughs> not by the time that I discovered girls. Well, we're going to end our visit with David Van Dyke today with his song, Swimsuit Barbie Doll. I do want to remind you folks that you can go to vandykereview.org and you'll find where they're playing. In the schedule on the site, David, will they find the group and you and your dad as the backsliders and you individually? Are they all on there or are some of those kept secret? Everything's on there. We believe in transparency. You can find it. David Van Dyke, we'll call him the junior of the family because his father uses the John Van Dyke at the beginning and all the other great musicians of the Van Dyke Review. You'll hear more good music here. This is from David Van Dyke, recording a decade of David and Goliath, Swimsuit Barbie. Thank you so much, David, for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Here is Swimsuit Baby Doll. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Feralina false it was The girl up on my wall And I showed in love my girl My swimsuit Barbie doll In her red bikini I thought There could be no fraud And each smile was made for me And was a gift from God A teen from Corpus Christi Part of the Lone Star State She moved to California and got a L.A. license plate After ten commercials I was Barbie's biggest fan Even when she married the six million dollar As I grew with Barbie, you know, she grew too, so to speak. One day I turned on my TV and I saw a movie of the week. Barbie had become an angel 
a voice on my wire But Barbie was sure at her best, you know When she set my bed on fire As my poster faded, I'd see Pharaoh once in a while And I began to know that she was More than just her smile Maybe she'd be my angel And I could be her lead With years and miles between us it was Not meant to be So I let her go that summer and I I fell in love with dawn But if you look in my closet you'll see Her poster's not gone Poor little rich girl More poor than The doctors gave my angel bad news Bad news again Soon Pharaoh went to Jesus Became his angel instead And sometimes I just can't believe it, you know My angel is dead Seems like just a few days ago that Angel fell from my wall And my faucet it went dry, you know, and I Lost my Barbie doll I lost my Barbie doll I lost my Barbie doll The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.